come into this place. Lord, would, um, would the words that we speak and sing, would they be a sweet melody to your ear? It's in Christ's name that we pray these things. Amen. Let's sing praises rising. Praises rising, eyes are turning to you. Sing, we turn to you. We turn to you. Hope is stirring. And hope is stirring. Hearts are yearning for you. Lord, we long for you. We long for you. Cause when we see you, God, cause when we see you, we find strength to face the day. In your presence, God, in your presence, all our fears are washed away. They're washed away. Hosanna and Hosanna and Hosanna. And you are the God who saves us. Worthy of all our praises, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. To come have your way among us, we welcome you here, Lord Jesus. in your kingdom, God. church this morning. If some of you might be scratching your heads, wondering what's going on, well, we have a group here this morning. This is, this is Ransom, and they're going to help us uh, worship this morning. Would you just give a round of applause to these guys? Thank you. 
Now allow me to tell you why you're cheering for them. These guys already this summer have, have been to three summer camps with teenagers. Um, and on the weekends, that's right, three? Yeah, three. Yeah. And, uh, and, and on the weekends have been playing in different churches uh, like ours. And, um, and they have found it, found the energy this morning to be here and put on smiles and lead us in worship. And I truly believe not only have they found the energy, they're excited about doing it. This is what these guys love to do. And so they signed up for this summer ministry team. They're out of Point Loma Nazarene University. And it's, I'm so glad to have them here. And let me just tell you that uh, they've ministered to me this week. We were with our junior hires at, uh, at camp this past week. And, uh, and these guys were counselors, so they were in the cabins. They were dealing with the kids. They were team leaders, uh, very active. Um, in fact, I want to show you just a, a couple pictures um, as I'm talking about it. And um, we took four kids, Rebecca, Elijah, Max, and Garmick. Harper, um, and there's Harper crawling across, there's Max in the mud pit, you'll see this stuff, it's, it's great. We had a fantastic time, but you'll also see perhaps uh, in a little bit some of the treachery that we put these guys through as, as we let the junior hires do just about anything they want to them. Here's Max on the, on the zip line, here's Harper being sent off the... <laughs> The blob. Yeah, see, that's, that's um, Claudette back there. Um, we just let them throw Frisbees at them. <laughs> there you see Brandon getting hit. That's him right here. Here's Phil getting hit by a Frisbee. Of course, we did give them a sock full of flour um, to, to kind of retaliate a little bit. But it wasn't all just, uh, just fun and games. We had some incredible incredibly powerful spiritual moments, and I want to tell you that, that these four kids, I got to pray with all of them at different times, and they want to live for Jesus, and um, so it is very meaningful that, that uh, we sent these four to be at camp uh, this week, and uh, these guys, they're leading us in worship this morning and had a, uh, had a real, uh, they were part of that meaningful process, not just for our kids, but for um, about 70 others as well. So really neat, really exciting. Um, I'm just going to pass the mic real quick and let them tell you uh, their name and what they're studying at Point Loma and what year they are. Hey, I'm Laurel. I am going to be a senior next year at Point Loma, um, and I am studying literature and English education. Hi, my name is Claudette. I just graduated um, with psychology and Spanish. Hey, my name is Phil. I'm uh, going to my third year at Point Loma. I'm a nursing student. I guess I can use this one. <laughs> my name is Brandon. Um, I'm going to be a senior this coming year, and I'm studying music and managerial organizational communications. Uh, hi, I'm Kyle. Um, I'm going to be a junior this year studying music and ministry. Thank you. So I just wanted to, right at the onset of the service, introduce them to you so that you don't, aren't taking it back. Yeah, they're, they're new here. This is different this morning. But I just invite you to relax. These are great people. They love Jesus. Pour your heart out in worship with them. Can we pray together? Our God, we want to give you this morning. 
We want to thank you for what you've done this week uh, in, in the lives of junior hires and pray that the same kinds of work, you would do those things right here this morning, that you'd come down, that you would inhabit our praises, and that you would be right with us, that your presence would fill this place, and that we can worship you just knowing that we can come before you confidently because you have conquered sin and death. And we invite you to do that very same work right in our lives and in our church. We give you this morning, and we continue to worship you as we pray. Amen. 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 We're going to continue in song this morning. Sing, you are the everlasting God. You are the everlasting God. The everlasting God. And you do not fade you Sing that out, church. Strength the rise as we wait upon the Lord. We will wait. We will sing our God, our God. You reign forever. Our hope, our strong deliverer. You are, and you are the everlasting God. The everlasting You're the defender of the weak, and you comfort those in need, and you lift us up on wings like eagles. Put our hands together this morning. Listen, shake the rock. As we wait upon the Lord, we will wait. Sing it out. We will wait. Shake the rise as we wait upon the Lord, we will wait. We will sing it out. I got, I got to reign forever. Our hope, our strong deliverer. Sing you out. You are to the Father this morning. Our God, forever, our hope, our strong deliverer, sing you are, 
of the sea creation's revealing creation revealing your majesty from the colors of fall to the fragrance of spring every creature unique in the song that he sings all exclaiming all exclaiming, hidden is not uncontained. You place the stars in the sky and you know them by name. But you are amazing, God. Sing that to our Creator this morning. All powerful, untamable, awestruck, we fall to our knees as we humbly proclaim. But you are amazing, God. Listen, who's told? Who's told every lightning bolt where it should go? Or sing heavenly storehouses laden with snow. Sing, who imagined the sun? Imagine the sun and give source to its light. Yet conceals it to bring us the coolness of night. None can fathom indescribable, uncontainable. You place the stars in the sky and you know them by me. But you are amazing. All powerful, all powerful, unshakable, all 
thanks and praise for, um, for the lives that you've given us, for the creation that you've put us in, and the new creations that you make out of us every day, Lord. We give you thanks and praise.
went before the throne. sacrifice that Jesus Christ has made for each of us. Sing, oh, praise the one. to them just the love of God. Great. As you're making your way back, I just have a, a, a couple of announcements that I want to share with you guys. If you, uh, if you want to pull out your bulletin, you can look over them as well. And of course, as always, if you would take your connections card, fill that in, 
and uh, slip it in the offering when that when that time comes around. We would we would great be greatly appreciated. I've had a couple people um, bring to my realization that uh, the team has a couple more members at the back doing some very important roles. That's Garen on the sound and Kelsey running the overheads. Those two make it happen. So thanks. Didn't mean to exclude you there. A um, couple of things that you'll just uh, that you'll want to know um, right out of your uh, right out of your community life. The announcements here. Uh, one of them is uh, that VBS. It's coming up, right? Not starting tomorrow, but starting the Monday after that. And so next Sunday uh, in in the evening, um, starting at 4 p.m. So early afternoon. Um, volunteers, you're invited to be here. There's going to be a setup time, and uh, just encourage you to come and uh, and and help participate on that. Decorating at one. Great clarification on that. Setup starts at one o'clock. Then the volunteers meeting is at four. Thank you. Good. Um, also, we have a Fourth of July celebration where we're going to be meeting. Um, out at Santa Barbara City College, um, right there on the green hills there on the west campus to watch the fireworks on the 4th of July. So come out there uh, at, at 6 p.m. is when we'll be meeting there, and it's going to be a great time. Naturally, I won't be there, and some of the four of us won't be there because we are going to be at NYC. We leave tomorrow morning. Uh, we're meeting here uh, at 7.30 a.m. to start our bus uh, our, our bus ride to LAX, and uh, I would just, I'd like to have um, the four students that are going to be going to NYC come up on the stage here with me, if you will. <laughs> come on up. Jesse was here this morning, Did we, she had to go? Okay, all right, well, we'll, we'll miss Jesse, but these guys, these three and Jesse Hutchison um, are going to be going to Louisville um, starting tomorrow morning. And we just thought that uh, this would be just imperative that um, our church would just kind of soak us in some prayer before we go. And uh, so these three and me and Laura has left. I think she has child care. But we'll pray for her as well. Um, we're just going to invite some of you to come around. I'm going to invite Pastor James to 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 lead out vocally in prayer for us. Katie, are you by any chance going? No. All right. Um, and and uh, if there are some of you that would be willing to come, we're going to kneel at this altar here. Some of you that would be willing to come up, put your hands on us, and just uh, just pray us out of here, that the Holy Spirit would, would be able to have his way uh, this week uh, in our lives in a profound way. Awesome. I'm going to have these guys kneel right here at the altar. And uh, <clears throat> we do want to pray them out of here. Not uh, because we don't want them around here, but we want them to have a tremendous life-changing time at uh, Nazarene Youth Conference this, this week. And we just believe that prayer that makes a difference. And that as we come before the Lord interceding on their behalf, um, that God hears our prayers, that He moves that, uh, that he cares very deeply about this whole event. Let's all stand up, can we? And several of you just won't want to, parents and f friends and supporters, just come and gather around these guys. If you can't reach them, just put a hand on the person in front of you 
and uh, and somebody's touching a team here. So good. Just join our hearts, would you, with me as I pray for these. Oh God, thank you uh, for your provision, for, for the way that you have uh, given us so much. And we, we just kind of bask in your grace today as we have this chance to just worship you and remember how worthy you are, not only of our, our singing and our voices, but of our very lives. You, Jesus, have paid it all, and we're so thankful that you've opened up the, uh, the way to heaven, the way to life, both now and forever. And uh, I just thank you that we can come as a church, people of God, around uh, our, our teens and around Jake and Laura, and, and just pray. It's a, it's a privilege. And so we lift them to you right now, all of us who are gathered around them and each one in this congregation, God. We just pray that you would guide them, bless them, lead them. We pray for Ryan, and we pray for Miranda. We pray for Sapphire. We pray for Jesse. pray for Jake, for Laura, as they're a part of this, even Josiah. We, we pray, God, that you would take the hearts of these and that you would shape them and move in them, that you would open up new insights to them this week as they listen, as they learn, that you would, that you would create uh, new uh, inspiration and new understanding in their, in their hearts of just how good you are and, and how much you love each one of them. We pray, God, that through the power of your Holy Spirit, you'd, you'd open up some, some uh, understanding as to, to your direction for them and their lives, that you would make it very clear to them this week of your desire that they seek you and live for you both now and throughout their lives and for all eternity. God, we pray that you just have your hand upon them. Pray that you protect them as they travel. Pray for all the thousands of teenagers coming to Louisville this week and you'd get them there all safely, God, and that it would be a time of just a tremendous growth. We, we recognize, as we say from time to time, the church is just one generation away from extinction. That if the, the, the message of the gospel, the good news is not carried on and passed on and, and lived out in the lives of the young people, that it will just cease to exist. And so we pray, God, that you would have your way and move in this time, this gathering, and send out, uh, as a result, teenagers across North America who would be ready, uh, just excited, enthusiastic, fired up to live for you and all that that means. So, again, we're thankful. We're thankful for a church here today that cares about its teenagers and uh, cares very deeply and I pray that you would just be with us all throughout this week and help us to continue to remember to pray and to, to be in support of the young people of our, our church body. Give you thanks, Lord. Again, we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You guys can have a seat. And uh, they won't be here next Sunday because they'll still be there. But the following Sunday, we'll look forward to hearing a, a great report from these guys as to the ways that God is at work. They may even have a little bit of a southern accent, Jeffrey. I don't know. When they... A little northern? A little bit, Doesn't really count? All right. All right. <laughs> Guys, it is great to have you here. So, so glad that you're here. And, and we got the chance to hang out with this, this group from Loma last night at our, at our home for dinner. And really some special people. Thanks for your open hearts and uh, readiness just to join in worship. I'm going to invite our ushers to come forward at this time. I invite you to 
to give uh, with joyful and thankful hearts, starting the second six months of our, our, our year, and uh, just encourage you um, to, again, listen to the Lord as He leads you in your giving. If you're a visitor with us, again, we, we hope that you won't feel obligated to give in any way, but you'll be sure to feel obligated to fill out that connections card with your name and, and contact information so we can be in, in contact with you. But we're, we're really glad you're here. We hope all of you just feel very welcome today. God, again, bless our time. Thank you for your presence here in such a real and powerful way this morning. Thanks for the chance to, uh, to receive from you in the ways that we have received already this morning. Thanks for the group from Point Loma. Thanks for each of their hearts, for, for ministry and for worship service, the way that you're strengthening them throughout this summer. We pray that you continue to guide them and lead each one of them, both here this morning and throughout the rest of this summer as they minister. And for each of us now as we give uh, with joyful and thankful hearts, just bless each gift and each giver. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. separate even if I ran away cause your love never fails and I know I still make mistakes but you have new mercy for me every day cause your love never fails Your love never changes There may be pain in the night But joy comes in the morning And when the oceans rage I don't have to be afraid Because I know that you love me And your love never stand with us as we continue in song this morning. We're going to sing, the wind is strong. The wind is strong and the water's deep. I'm not alone here on these open seas, because your love never fails. See, the chasm was far too wide. chasm was far too wide And I never thought it reached the other side Cause your love never fails Let's lift it up, sing, you say the same You say the same Your love never changes 
joy comes in the morning And when the oceans range I don't have to be afraid Because I know that you love me Lord, you work everything for the good of those who love you and are called according to your purposes. We sing this to you this morning. Sing because you make all things work together. Because you make all things work together for my good. Let's lift it up in belief. Because you make all things work together for my good. Lord, the highest highs and the lowest lows. You make all things work together for my good. The situations of our lives. Because you make all things work together for my good. Let's lift our voices, church. You make all things work together for my good. For those who love you, Lord, you make all things work together for my good. Oh, 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 you stay the same. You stay the same through the ages. Your love never changes. It may be pain in the night, but joy comes in the morning. And when the ocean rains, I don't have to be afraid, because I know that you love me, your love never fails. Amen. For the promises that you've made to us, Lord, that your love never fails, that you'll never leave us nor forsake us, we give you praise this morning, Jesus. everyone needs. Well, everyone needs compassion, a love that's never failing. Let mercy fall on me. Everyone needs forgiveness, the kindness of a Savior, the hope, the hope of a nation. Savior, He can move the mountain. Lift it up. Our God is mighty to save. He is mighty to forever, forever. Author of salvation. He conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the So take me as you find me. So take me as you find me. All my fears and failures fill our lives, God. 
Say a moment of prayer really quick. Father God, we give you thanks and praise this morning for the breath in our lungs, Lord. Um, Lord, for the way that you, um, you move in our lives um, and our family members' lives. Lord, I would pray that, um, that those who are, are burdened with affliction this morning, Lord, that they would run to you. Lord, those who, um, who can do nothing but rejoice. Lord, I pray that you would receive all of that glory this morning. Lord, I pray that you would open our ears and our minds, um, our hearts, to the message that you have prepared for us this morning. Lord, would you, would you speak through the words that, um, that pastor has prepared for us? Lord, would, you, um, would, they, would they take, would they take within our hearts and not, not just um, in one ear? Lord, this morning we give you thanks and praise for all you've done for us. It's in Jesus Christ's name that we pray. All God's children said, amen. Amen. Go ahead and grab a seat. Hey, let's, uh, let's say thanks to these guys again. Simply. I was going to say simply by saying thank you. <laughs> thank you. Appreciate it, man. Bless you. Going to let our kids be dismissed for Children's Church. And let's do just kind of covenant together with these guys to remain in prayer for them. As I think Brandon was saying there, or maybe not, he wasn't saying to you guys, but I've heard him say to different groups, they're heading back to San Diego and going different directions from here on out this summer. So praying the Lord's blessing in, in their lives. And in Point Loma, in the life of Point Loma. I mean, that's my alma mater. I'm going to tell you a story about Point Loma this morning, so get ready. But before we do that, I, I, I want to get you some, 
I want to get some news to you guys that you need to just be aware of and just be praying for today. And uh, as the body of Christ, I mean, we're singing that song, all things work together for my good. And we just know that God is working together, all things for, for the good of those who love Christ Jesus. But there's some things going on in the life of our, our church. Um, this week, David Thornburg's mom passed away. And uh, we just want to surround David and just the Thornburg family in, uh, in that loss. And many of you had a chance to meet David's mom. She's been here from time to time uh, for, for worship. But uh, keep them in your prayers this, uh, this week. David, love you. Bless you. And uh, then just last night, just last evening, Daryl Caswell passed away. And uh, we know, we know Daryl father of Patrick that we've been praying for, and, and uh, grandfather of Jessica and Jana and Matt, so close to us. And many of you, you know Daryl and Doris, and been here uh, over the years a number of times. Not as much recently, because Daryl's health has gone down, but uh, was in hospice care for the last week or so, and uh, just, just passed away last night. So keep the Caswells in your prayers as well. Patrick is in the hospital and wasn't even able to be there with his dad. And so kind of carrying that extra load. Keep them in your prayers. And then uh, I told you a couple weeks ago about little baby Skyler and uh, this little boy that was born, uh, Emily Andrews, who's part of the Church of the Nazarene in Tascadero. She was here at Via Magella. And uh, he is doing well. Released from the hospital yesterday, I think it is. Yes, yesterday or the day before, doing well. And so giving thanks to that, for that and for the Andrews family. At the same time, uh, another baby born to a mother, single mom from Via Magella, didn't make it. And uh, just died yesterday at the hospital. And so uh, Emily's mom, uh, Sally, has been staying with the Thomases and kind of giving Sherry some of these you know, the ups and downs and highs and lows, and that's just a total swing, right? And so, in it all, the highs and the lows, as we were just singing, we're trusting that God knows and is at work, hasn't, uh, hasn't left us to our own devices, but is very involved in uh, the lives of these folks, and wants to do that through us as well. So in your prayers, and in any opportunity you might have uh, to provide some care, this, this little baby that died, mom didn't have any money, any resources, and the one way that we can contribute, maybe just financially, if some of you might feel led to, to give a gift that would help with just even the, the burial kind of issues and funeral costs, then, then you can speak to me or to Sherry Thomas. We'll let you know about um, memorial service plans and things like that as well, especially for Daryl. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, kind of a heavy weekend and a heavy way even to kind of come into here. But this is what we do as we come together as the body of Christ. We, we don't kind of shy away from that. This is not, did you know that this is not a pep rally? As much as we come to be inspired and encouraged and how good that is, we come really to just be authentic, whole, who we are, the good and the bad, the broken and the whole before our Lord, who, who receives us, opens his arms wide to each of us. So, we come. Bless you as we do.
Well, a Point Loma story. Uh, so I was dating Kyla, and uh, I, we were telling the story actually to Claudette last night, how many of you know the story, so I won't tell the whole thing, but Kyla was a freshman, I was a sophomore, uh, I saw her the first few weeks of school, she was at Point Loma on an academic scholarship, she had no interest in dating anyone, she needed to study, but I changed that. I swept in, swooped in, and uh, we dated for four years all the way through through, college, through her college, and a year after I graduated. So good, good times. But Kyle and I had, you know, it was so interesting getting to know someone over that period of time. And I remember one time in particular when I called Kyla on the phone. I was still, you know, across campus, you know, it was really long distance. But called her on the phone to, I don't know, meet for dinner or something at the cafeteria. And, and I, I called her on the phone and I said, hey, Kyla, you know, what are you doing? And she said, oh, nothing. And I said, well, what are you doing? Nothing. Are you studying? No. Watching TV? No, not doing that. You working on like uh, you know reading a book or? No. I'm doing nothing. Are you sitting on your bed, kind of? Yeah. It was the strangest thing to me. I am, have you ever done that? Nothing, that is? I mean, just <laughs> nothing. I'm doing nothing. See, I think what was so strange about it was because I was kind of the opposite, especially in college. I was always doing something, right? And, and most of the time, my problem was not doing nothing. It was trying to do too many things or kind of being distracted, especially from the, the primary reason that I was there at school, which was to study and learn and those kinds of things. I, I did that as well, but I, I suffered more, less from doing nothing and more from kind of distractions that could come my way. And I'm just going to go ahead and blame it all on my friends. Um, but that's not necessarily true. But, but a couple of that really come to mind, I've told some of you this before, but I had this one friend in particular that anytime I would try to study, it wouldn't matter. You know, I could study in my dorm room, which was not a good place to study, or even on the, like the bottom floor of the library, which was supposedly good. This friend would find me. He would seek me out, and, and he would come to me, and he would always have something going on. And he would invite me, and I would turn him down, and he would invite me again, and yeah, let's go, James, there's a movie, or, you know, we've got to go to the game, or, and I would turn him down, he'd look at me with this, the same line every time. What, do you got a test tomorrow? <laughs> so, in order to legitimate me studying, I had to have a test that very next day on the subject. The other thing that distracted me so much was we had this, this, this uh, tradition, I guess, on our hall in our dorm, two years that I lived in this dorm, that anybody's birthday, we had to go out to In-N-Out for dinner that night. And dinner, of course, in college is like at 10 p.m., you know, it's like fourth meal. And so we, we had to go to In-N-Out. And it just seemed like it was somebody's birthday, like every other night, you know, I mean, it just kind of worked out that way. And, and the real problem for us at that point was that the closest in and out was in Lemon Grove, which is about 20, 25 minutes away from Point Loma. And so this would turn into like a two-hour distraction, right? It was a tasty distraction, but it was a distraction nonetheless. Well, kind of these two extremes, doing nothing and doing so much you're distracted. And, and for Kyla, doing nothing wasn't a problem at all. She has 
She has done just fine for herself. Thank you very much. And for me, I made it through the distractions of being a student in college. I did graduate and uh, can move on uh, from that. Doing nothing, distraction for us, not a big deal. But I begin to think about those two descriptions in relation to the church. And when you start to think about a church that either does nothing or is distracted from its purpose and from its mission, then we're not only talking about problems, we're talking about, you know, it's scary. It's not only scary, it's, it's tragic. And, and I just have been thinking about that a little bit in terms of, of the mission of the church. Unfortunately, there would be many churches that, that you know, we would, we would talk to, and perhaps even our church from time to time, that if, if asked, what are you doing? A church would have to admit nothing. What are you doing to really advance the kingdom of God? What are you doing to impact your neighborhood? What are you doing? If your doors were to shut today, what, what would the neighbors miss about you? And, and unfortunately, tragically, too many churches, even around our country, would have to say nothing. At the same time, how many other churches would, would we you know, hear say if we ask the same kinds of questions? You know, what are you doing? How are you, how are you accomplishing the mission of Christ? How are you advancing the, the kingdom of God? And, and churches would start to talk about, well, we're very social. We have lots of, of, of programs going on over here. Or, or we're very communal. We, we, we have lots, lots of friendships. People are very tight-knit. Just good. Or we're just, you know, we're a good church. We're, we're just really good. We've got good people at our church. And, and what they would be saying, essentially, is that we're doing lots of things. We're very active. But our activity is ultimately a distraction from the mission that Jesus has given to his people. This fear or concern or tragedy is prompting me to just want to talk with us over the next few weeks about mission and the mission of the church of Jesus Christ. And, and ultimately, what is our mission? What are we to do and what are we to be about? And how are we to do that? And what can we expect as we enter into a life of mission, both as individuals and as the body of Christ? Um, we ask, you know, what, what, is, what is our mission? In its very simplest form, we can say this, that it is to carry on the work that Jesus began in our world. Can you, I don't know if you can remember that much, but could you try and say that with me? Carry on the work in our world that Jesus began. To carry on the work in our world that Jesus began. It's to be the hands and feet of Jesus, the body of Christ in our world. It's a mission that's written of in this little passage from Matthew chapter 9. I think I have this for you here. Matthew 9, 35 to 38. says this, Jesus, <clears throat> go ahead and read this with me. Just, just a few short verses. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. One more verse. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. This verse just captures for us the heart 
of, of Jesus. I like what one commentary I read this week had to say. He said, the authoritative teaching and touching of Jesus, right, preaching the gospel, healing the sick, these are not meant simply to astonish us as great marvels of the past. In other words, we're not to put Jesus kind of in the Jesus Hall of Fame and walk through and just say, wow, what a great preacher, what a great teacher. We are astonished at the marvels of who you were, Jesus. We want to do that, but we want to do so much more. He says this, Jesus' mission of word and work goes on through disciples, then and now. His work is our work. The mission of the church is the mission of Jesus. So, let's be perfectly clear. If we haven't been already, the mission of the church is to carry on the work of Jesus in our world today. What's the motivation for that, for that mission? Well, it kind of gave it there in those verses as we looked at it. Just this, this, this idea that Jesus has a heart for people. He saw the crowds and he had compassion upon them. Jesus invites us to share in his feelings for folks. How often is the mission of the church motivated instead by our, you know, our disgust, really, for the sinfulness of people? Was this Jesus' motivation? No, not at all. He looked at the folks and he said they're like sheep without a shepherd, harassed and lonely and all these descriptions. And he had, he had compassion for them. So that's the motivation for us as well. People, uh, the, the Christian mission is first and foremost about helping hurting people. So it's carrying on the work of Jesus, and it's helping hurting people. It's about, it's about um, our concern for people. It's not about increasing our numbers. It's not about growing our influence. It's not about, even as good as it sounds to say it, taking the world for Christ. It's about loving and caring for healing hurting and needy people. People need the help. We believe that Jesus can bring them. We believe, as the church, that Jesus can be the good shepherd to lost sheep. We, we're, we're just maybe crazy enough to believe that for this messed up world that we live in, that Jesus really is the solution. And that is to be our mission, to proclaim that and to live that out in the world in which we live. Anybody? Anybody? Hear what I'm saying? I know it's hot in here. Hang in there. So it's with the fact in mind that we're a people on a mission. Jesus follows up his words in Matthew 9 that we read with this, this incredible instruction manual, if you will, in Matthew chapter 10. And this is going to be the text, kind of the foundation for the next several weeks that we're together. As we think about this, this whole idea, the, the master plan, and, and it's kind of a blueprint behind that. So the subtitle for this would just be the Jesus's blueprint for mission. And Matthew chapter ten is the place where just after he has told the disciples to pray that God would raise up workers for the harvest field, that he indeed calls his disciples to be sent out into the world to be those workers in the harvest field. So in 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 terms of Understanding and knowing that a mission is to be accomplished, Jesus brings this tremendous master plan. I want to read it, the first portion of it for us this morning. So stand with me. Turn your Bibles if you have them to Matthew chapter 10. I'm going to read this and just bring out a couple of ideas for us. Matthew chapter 10. 
verse 1, reading the first 10 verses. You can follow along on the screen, I think, as I read for you. He called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out evil spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. These are the names of the 12 apostles. First, Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother Andrew. James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. Philip and Bartholomew. Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector. James, son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus. Simon the Zealot and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Do not take along any gold or silver or copper in your belts. Take no bag for the journey or extra tunic or sandals or a staff. For the worker is worth his keep. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You can have a seat. A couple of things I want to draw out for you. The first is this very simple idea that comes from this, this, this listing of the disciples. This idea that Jesus calls all kinds of people. Jesus calls all kinds of people. And when I first read this again this week, I was kind of like, well, all right, there's a nice list of disciples. Let's jump on past that and get on to the instructions. But then I kind of backed up and I thought, you know, there is stuff happening in that list of disciples that we need to pay attention to. There's description of these disciples that, that is very significant as we begin to think about the kind of people that Jesus calls to himself, empowers, and gives authority to do ministry in his name. You see that at the very beginning. Verse 1, he called the disciples to him and gave them authority. Calls the disciples to himself, empowers them, gives them authority to do ministry in his name. He calls, what it tells us really is that Jesus calls all kinds of people. We can learn a lot from the 12 disciples. We can learn that Jesus, you know, a couple of side things we might learn. We can learn that Jesus needed people around him. That that Jesus decided for some reason that we need to pay very close attention to, that, that he wasn't just going to do it all on his own. For those of us who like to do things all on our own, we need to listen and follow the example of Jesus. Recognize that we can't always handle everything on our own all the time. Even Jesus had friends to lean on. We can learn that Jesus was a part of a small group. Just consider this a plug for our small groups when they start again in the fall. Jesus was a part of a small group. He had he had a, a, a tight-knit bunch that he connected with, that, that he was open with, that they were open with him. They lived and did life together as they followed the Father in heaven. We, we can learn these things. We can learn that, that, that it was more than just, you know, a relationship with God is more than just about me. It's about recognizing the value that, uh, that there is in Christian community. But one of the most important things I think we learn again is, and one of the reasons I think the disciples are listed here is that we can, we can learn here and demonstra- be, have demonstrated to us that, that Jesus is willing and able to work with all sorts of folks. I, we don't know a whole lot about many of the disciples, but about a few of them, we know a few things. Um, 
Some of them, again, are mentioned with little introduction here. But uh, of, of those that we know something about, what we know is this. They're a, a fairly kind of motley crew. You know, they're, they're a disparate bunch, we might say. Very different and not a uh, homogeneous uh, group. I mean, they are not all the same. They are not just 25-year-old white males earning fifty dollars to $60,000 a year driving, you know, whatever. They're not the same person that Jesus is drawing from. Look at these folks. The first, of course, is listed as Simon Peter. He came to be known kind of as the leader of the bunch. He he is said here by Matthew to be the first, not only the first one listed, but the leader. But what we also know about Peter, right, is that he was not only the first in kind of leadership and guidance, but also the first in putting his foot in his mouth and behaving kind of, uh, out of line from time to time. Um, we have Peter and his brother Andrew, James and his brother John. These were simple fishermen, that Je- you know, blue-collar guys that Jesus had called out to follow after him. We know from the Gospel of John that Thomas was kind of a gotta-see-it-with-my-own-eyes kind of guy. If we, he were to take the strengths finder, he'd probably be, you know, analytical and deliberative. He... he Wanted to kind of see what was going on before he bought into it. We also know about Thomas that when he finally did see Jesus and touch him, touch his hands and his side, that he made the greatest confession perhaps in all the New Testament uh, of Jesus. When he, when he stared him in the face and he said, my Lord and my God. Something going on in the person of Thomas for sure. We, we learn a little bit about Matthew. We're told that he was a former tax collector even here in this verse. Uh, which, as many of us know, was not simply a position like our wonderful IRS agents today. Anybody with me on that? But, but in the day, he was, uh, they were, he was a Jewish citizen, but an employee of the Roman government, and he was collecting taxes and even you know, getting a little extra for himself from his own people. At the same time, one of the most interesting, maybe, distinctions is we have Matthew, an employee of the of the occupying government. And then we have this guy here that's referred to as Simon the Zealot. And Simon the Zealot, the Zealot is not just, he wasn't just a guy with a lot of zeal. Zealots were a political type party in that day that were filled with with revolutionaries, basically, who wanted to violently overthrow the occupying Roman government. So within this group of 12 folks, you see all sorts of interesting people. Of course, we know at the end of this one named Judas Iscariot and what would come of him. Blue-collar fishermen, white-collar tax collectors, activators and analyzers, government workers and revolutionaries. And Jesus invites them all to join in a cause that is higher than anything that they could come up with on their own. We're able to see through the list of 12 that Jesus does his best work in mission as he calls all kinds of people to work in mission with him. You know what this means? That that you are one who is potentially a disciple of Jesus. I've I've been in so many different little situations, cross-culturally or ethnically, or just with different people of socioeconomic standard, and, and sometimes I've been in situations with people who just feel like so much better Christians than I am even, just, you know, kind of like on another level, you know, kind of what I'm talking about. 
And, and sometimes I, I don't know if I even belong or if I might be able to live into that. I've had so many conversations with people who could say, well, I'm not this or I'm not that. I, I've never been there. I haven't done this. Can I actually follow Jesus as a real authentic disciple of his? Can I really be used by Jesus? And what I think this list tells us is simply, yes, you can. At the same time, you know what this, this also says to us is that the person next to you or the person across the room, the person that you don't necessarily agree with politically, the person that is of a different ethnic background or cultural tradition, the people who maybe worship Jesus a little bit different than you do, uh, the people who kind of live out their Christian life even in a little bit of a different style, you know what it means? Those people too. For the, for the right-wing zealot and the leftist gorilla, basically, is what, what uh, Simon the zealot was. For each of these, they got to come to understand that they could both be disciples of Jesus. This, in that very fact, teaches us and stretches us and begins to shape us into disciples that really can be used by Jesus. He calls all kinds of people, and you're one of them, and so is the other person that you're not so sure about. The second thing I just want to draw out is this simple idea that not only, though, does Jesus call all kinds, that Jesus, while he calls all kinds, and, and everyone is welcome, there's nothing that can, that can keep us from that, he, he's, he only sends certain kinds. He calls all kinds, but with those who were called, Jesus requires certain characteristics to be shaped and formed within us. So we can say, well, just as I am, I'm coming to be a disciple of Jesus. Absolutely. But then as we come, in order to be sent for greatest fruitfulness in ministry, we need to then submit ourselves to become a certain type of person within the uniqueness that we each bring. All of us, Jesus seems to be saying here as he gives instructions, we will become a certain type of disciple. I got a new ping pong table. Any of you are welcome to come over and play ping pong. All right? I'm just throwing it out there right now. Um, I'm getting tired of my son slamming it on me every time we play. And so anybody else who wants to come and slam on me, you can do that. But uh, we, we got this ping pong table just a few weeks ago, and Kyla's uncle, Lowell, was here. And I figured it was a good time for us to get a ping pong table because Lowell is an airplane mechanic. And when I read the, the order form for the uh, ping pong table, it said, some assembly required. And knowing my not-so-strengths in the area of putting things together. I figured, an airplane mechanic, how often do you have an airplane mechanic coming to your house uh, to hang out? What a perfect time to get a new ping-pong table. Indeed, the ping-pong table arrived, made in Germany, and many of the directions in German, in English as well, but, but, but just made for a German, it appeared. So we were kind of, thankfully, lots of pictures. But Uncle Lowell painstakingly began the process. I was his little 
you know, gopher guy and just read, give me that, give me that, give me that. Yeah, I got that. Okay, here you go. And we were making it, putting it together. It got dark the first night, so we had to give up. And then the next morning, I had to go off to a meeting. I came home, and Uncle Lowell had finished putting that ping pong table together. What a great gift to me. <laughs> I didn't have to do it. But I'll tell you what Uncle Lowell did. Even with it, being an airplane mechanic, I watched him, and he painstakingly read each page to make sure each screw went where it was supposed to go, every washer, every stopper, every, everything was where it was supposed to go, put together as he read the instructions. Now, I know there are many of you here that do not care less about instructions. You just dive right in and go for it and bless your heart. But Jesus, for his disciples, gives some very clear directions that are not just, and catch this, they're not just so much about what, what we're going to do as disciples. There is some of that without a doubt, what we're going to do as disciples. But even more so, what I think he's getting at here and what we need to really hear is who we are going to be as disciples. The instructions are really about what, all right, you're all different, you're all unique, bring it, come on, I'm calling you all to myself, but now you're going to be a certain kind of way. My disciples, the ones I send out in mission to carry on the work that I have begun in the world, says this, Jesus is saying, they're going to be a certain kind of person. There's going to be certain qualities and characteristics about these people that I want to make very, very clear to you. And so he does. And he launches into these three in particular that I'm just going to briefly touch on. Three in particular. You can look more deeply at them, but three in particular kind of teaching points in these, in these verses that we read. The first is just simply this. Go rather to the, don't go to the Gentiles, but go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. And the disciples at that point, they must have just been thinking, what? Why? There's all these Gentiles out there. And the, the people of Israel, the Jewish folks, they've already, they're already given us kind of a hard time. Well, why do we want to go that direction? Why can't we go to this whole new place? But Jesus is very adamant, very clear with them. And most commentators, most scholars think that what Jesus was simply saying is that, hey, God's promises were first of all for the Jews. God's covenant was first of all for the people of Israel. So we are going to go to them first. And we're never going to give them an opportunity to say that we didn't go to them first. So as if he's just saying to the disciples, don't even think about it. Don't even get beyond this. We're going to prove once and for all how faithful our Father in Heaven is. And we're going to go straight ahead to the Jewish nation. Now, I, after Jesus died and was raised again, he came back. And do you remember what he said to the disciples at that point? He said, go into all the nations. Go everywhere. No limits now. And I tend to think that we live under that command at this point, as we do as Christians, than, than as the disciples did earlier on. But I think there's a very important point here to realize. And, that, and that's simply this, that the people that Jesus is shaping for his mission are people that are going to be completely and totally obedient to his commands. People that are going to realize right up front that this is not my mission, this is Jesus' mission that I'm on. People right up front that are not going to begin to call the shots. Well, I think I'll go over here. I think I'll go to these people. I, I think I'll do it like this. I think I'll say it like this. I've got this, Jesus. Don't worry about it. I've got it under control. But rather, people who will say, Jesus, where do you want me to go? How do you want me to speak? Who, who do you want me to 
demonstrate your compassion towards. People who will hear, hear Jesus saying, you know, go to your neighbor down the street who plays loud music all the time and start a friendship with them. People who hear, and we'll do it. People who will hear Jesus, by the way, I've got a neighbor down the street who plays loud music all the time. Um, people who will hear Jesus saying, you know, go to that coworker who you guys just have been clashing and, and demonstrate some way, some act of kindness towards them as a means of demonstrating the love of, of Jesus and people who will do it. People who will hear Jesus saying, you know, I'd really like you to go to Nicaragua this next December. I'd love for you to go to Guatemala and, and do some work and be an international missionary in a sense. And, and people who will say, you know, that's, that's like a week of work. That's like my vacation, Jesus. Do you understand that? Um, I only get like a couple of weeks of those a year. And you would hear him say, but go, and you'd go anyway. I just think there's something to Jesus says, disciples, don't even mess with the Gentiles right now. Go to the lost sheep of Israel. And I think maybe he's saying to us, you know, don't even mess with that and this and this, but do that. Jesus' disciples, who he can use, who he'll send, are going to be people who are totally, completely obedient. Second little thing he says to them here is this, you know, go and preach the message. The, the kingdom is is near. The kingdom of heaven is near. And then he says, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Anybody driven out a demon recently? Me neither. Let's be honest. I haven't healed anybody with leprosy recently either. Some of these gifts perhaps are not meant for us. I don't want to totally say that they're not evident or available in our day and in our lives. But maybe there's a bigger message here that we need to listen to. Again, not just about what we'll do. By the way, the disciples did do all of those things in the book of Acts. But maybe there's, again, a, a, a character trait that Jesus is describing here. Not so much what we do, but who we are going to be. And I simply think it's this, that we will both preach the world, word and we will act with compassion. You hear that? He says, go and preach and do these things. Act with justice and mercy and compassion. It's, it's, it's the person that Jesus can use who has learned to marry both speaking and doing. And, and Jesus does that so beautifully in, in describing this, uh, this, this characteristic. He's looking for disciples who will be both passionate about the gospel and about people. It's not, as much as it is, it's not just about saving souls. I hope you hear me say that in a way that you can understand. It's not just about saving souls. It's about caring for whole people. And again, as Jesus saw these people who were hurting and in need, he was calling his disciples to go out and continue on his ministry. Um, and so we're called to do the same thing. The, the last is just a simple idea. Of, of not taking along any gold or silver or copper in your belts. Not only that, I mean, up above, it's, it's uh, or down below, it's even more. Don't, don't take any, you know, don't take a, a bag or take an extra tunic. That's okay, but don't take any sandals. I mean, that was rocky soil that they were working on back there and they were walking on. And here's Jesus calling them to this really, again, is there some hyperbole here? Is it, you know, is he... Is this realistic? Most scholars think that as a, a disciple walking in that region of the land would not have made it very far at all without some sandals on. 
However, if they were just going to the lost sheep of Israel, maybe they didn't have very far to go. So others kind of say, no, it's very literal. But, but what is the characteristic, again, that Jesus is speaking of that we need to listen to? And it's just it's basically, I think, this, this simple idea that Jesus is looking for people, and he's sending out people who will be completely dependent on him and for the provision that he will provide. And not looking to kind of, you know, keep like some some security measures back here for ourselves. Keep things in, in stock just in case Jesus doesn't come through for me. How many of us live with a just in case Jesus doesn't come through for me contingency plan? I think what Jesus is looking for here in terms of disciples who he'll send out are people without a contingency plan. People who just simply say, you know what? It's Jesus or I'm done. <laughs> I'm giving myself completely to you and to your purposes. And, and the phrase that, that won't stop haunting me, I think, from this passage is just simply that, those little words, freely ye have received. Freely give. Freely you've received. Freely give. Well, um, my, my brother Steve Grelski caught me with a little riddle on Friday morning that I just thought was too good not to share. It, it just goes simply like this. You know, there's three frogs on a log, Steve. Remember this? One of them decides to jump off. How many frogs are left on the log? Three. One of them decided to jump off, but they didn't yet. There's a difference, right, between deciding something and actually doing it. A difference between deciding to do something and actually doing it. And I just think that that maybe plays in a little bit here to our discussion as we just begin to speak about this master plan. Jesus is calling all kinds of folks, you included, to be his disciple. Jesus is shaping and willing and wanting to, to work in you in such a way that he can send you out. He's done that already in many of our lives and is doing in the process of doing that. He's doing his part, friends. Many of us maybe today are like the frog on the log and we're deciding, do I really, I mean, I'm actually kind of comfortable um, just kind of being a, a believer. I'm not sure I want to be a follower. I'm not sure I want to be a disciple. I'm actually pretty comfortable kind of where I am and how things are going for me now. And so if I were to actually be completely obedient as to where Jesus is sending me, if I were just to kind of trust in Him alone uh, and not have a contingency plan, that would be a little bit different. I'm, yeah, not quite sure. Or maybe you've decided, yeah, I want that, but you haven't taken that next step. I, I think that's the, the prayer that I have for you this morning, for all of us. And as we receive communion this morning, that's going to be my simple prayer too, that the, that the bread and the juice would be, would be reminders of God's love for us, the depth of his, his passion for each one of us. And at the same time, the, the nourishment that we need to step into this completely faithful, trusting, obedient relationship with Jesus that we might be sent out as his disciples. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you that you are calling all kinds of folks. In fact, there's not anyone within 
range my voice here, who isn't called to be one of your disciples. You're, you're extending the call. You're reaching to us. And whether even we've entered into a relationship with you, whether we know you in a personal way or not, maybe we're just, just starting in the journey or we haven't even started. Jesus, I just believe that your call is extended to each one of us. And, and while you're calling each one to us, you have this desire to shape us and to make us folks that you can use. Make us folks that can be so effective for you and your mission that can help the church and help ourselves not to be caught in the trap of doing nothing or to be caught in the trap of being totally distracted from doing the work that you began in the world. And so come and begin that in us today. Continue that in others who have already begun the journey. And as we receive the elements today, as we take the cup and as we take the bread, the symbols, Jesus, of your body that was broken for us, and your blood that was shed for us. We pray that not only will we be just captivated by the depth of God's love for us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, but that we would be strengthened and nourished and enabled to make not only decisions, but to, to step into action for you in new and fresh ways even this week. So God, be with us in these moments to give this time to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. I'm going to invite Jake and Danny to come. And the three of us are just going to stand here in the front at different places. And uh, as we sing in worship, I just invite you to come and to take the bread and the juice. You can eat of it just as you come. If you'd like to take it back to your seat and, and eat and drink, you can do that. Just if you'd like to kneel here at the altar and, uh, and step into some new places of action with Jesus, you can do that as well. Um, but take and eat and drink and I'll come back. Let's stand together. Let's continue to worship as we join with these guys. And just come to any of us, Jake or Danny or myself, and we'll serve you in this place. Let's sing of how deep the Father's love is for us. How deep the Father's love for us how vast beyond all measure that he should give his only son to make a wretch his treasure how great His face away as wounds which mark the chosen one bring many sons to glory. Ashamed, I hear my mind. 
distancing, nothing can separate And nothing can separate Even if I ran away Cause your love never fails Sing, I know I still make mistakes No, I still make mistakes. You have your mercy for me every day. Cause your love never fails. Listen, you stay the same through the ages. And you stay the same through the ages. Your love never changes. There may be pain in the night. The joy comes in the morning and when and when the oceans range I don't have to be afraid because I know that you love me and your love never fails. The wind is strong, but the water's deep. The wind is strong and the water's deep. I'm not alone here on these open seas. Cause your love never fails. I think the chasm was far too wide. The chasm was far too wide. I never thought I'd reach the other side. Your love never fails. Let's lift that chorus up. Cause you stay the same. Always faithful. Cause you stay the same. The Your love never changes. You may be clean in the night. But joy comes in the morning. And when. And when the shines rain. Cause I know that you love me And your love never fails Amen, God Sing you may you are together for my good Cause you make all things Cause you make all things work together for my good. Let's sing that with just our voices. Cause you make all things work together for my good. Everything in our lives. Cause you make all things work together for my good. Amen. If we could celebrate that this morning. and send them on their way, but take some time just to greet them, meet, meet them back at the table, and, and uh, if you need any info about Point Loma, I'm sure they can give it to you, but uh, just, just take a chance to encourage them, and may you be encouraged as well. The Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, the Lord make his face to shine upon you, and be gracious to you.
Lord, turn his face toward you and give you peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God bless you.